Five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast in partnership with Kidney Care UK, sharing faith, knowledge, hope, and love. Hi, and welcome to Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. My name is Dee Moore, and I am a kidney warrior. This podcast is dedicated to encourage, educate, and inspire as we explore all aspects of kidney disease, related chronic illnesses, and health. If you have any questions or ideas for topics you would like me to cover, please get in contact with me on social media using the handle Diary of a Kidney Warrior. My guest today from Birmingham, England, is renal anemia specialist nurse, Cinny George. Cinny has worked in renal medicine for 19 years and has worked with hemodialysis patients, peritoneal dialysis patients, and transplant patients. Cinny is currently working with renal anemia patients and joins me to talk about chronic kidney disease and anemia. Hi, and welcome to Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. How are you doing today, Cinny? I'm very good, Dee. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm really looking forward to today's interview. This is a subject that many people might have heard about anemia or heard the word anemia or heard about iron and hemoglobin, but really not have a full understanding of what these are. So we're really going to delve deep into this subject today because, like I said, a lot of people would have heard these words, but not necessarily know what they mean. And I'm one of those people, like I want to know more. I'm always up for learning more. So I'm really excited to learn more from you today. Yes, thank you very much, Dee. Good afternoon and thank you for inviting me for this interview. I'm looking forward to it too. Right, so I'm going to kick off with my first question and we're going to start with the very basics. And so my first question is, what is anemia? Anemia is a very common condition where the number of red blood cells or the amount of hemoglobin in red blood cells is less than normal. There are different types of anemia, but one of the most common anemia in chronic kidney disease is iron deficiency anemia. So iron deficiency anemia is a specific type of anemia caused by a lack of the mineral called iron in the body. Chronic inflammation can affect your body's ability to use iron needed to make enough red blood cells. Iron is an important mineral which is needed in the formation of hemoglobin. So a reduced iron levels cause a reduced hemoglobin levels in our blood. So just to cut in there, what is hemoglobin? Hemoglobin is a protein you find within the red blood cells. So basically red blood cells we were talking about, which carries hemoglobin, which is a protein, like I said, which carries oxygen around in our body. So this hemoglobin is the substance which gives red color to our red blood cells or our blood. That's why your blood is red. So the main purpose of this hemoglobin is to carry oxygen around in our body. If our body does not receive enough oxygen, we can have various symptoms. I want to look a bit further in terms of the symptoms, but before we talk about the actual symptoms, I wanted to ask you, why do people living with kidney disease have an issue with anemia? That's a good question, Dee. Renal anemia, we call it because it's renal is kidney. Renal anemia is one of the complications of chronic kidney disease. So what happens is when we have two normal kidneys, our kidneys, they produce a hormone called erythropoietin. 
we call it erythropoietin stimulating agent or erythropoietin. In, in short, we call it EPO. So when we start patients on this injection, we call it EPO or EPO. So I may say EPO in between, which is the hormone produced by our kidneys. This hormone, what it does is it gives constant signal to a bone marrow. Bone marrow is like a spongy tissue inside the center of our bone. And this bone marrow is the one which produces red blood cells. So this kidney is constantly giving signal to our bone marrow to do its job. So when your kidney function or when your kidney is damaged, it affects the amount of erythropoietin produced within our kidneys. So what happens with less EPO, your body makes fewer red blood cells because your bone marrow gets confused. It's not getting signal from the kidney. It makes less red blood cells. That means less oxygen is delivered to your organs and tissues, of course, because hemoglobin is within the red blood cells. When the red blood cell production is affected, that affects the hemoglobin production. And in turn, that means less oxygen carrying capacity by your body. So let's say if you don't have enough hemoglobin, which is, that's the one I said, which carries oxygen around, what happens is your heart has to work harder to move oxygen-rich blood around your body. Wow. So it has an impact on your heart. So does that mean then that you become more breathless and does that affect your coloring? Like, how does that affect you? When people have chronic kidney disease, they develop a variety of symptoms and it can differ from person to person. Everybody is not going to get every symptoms. So mostly what people complain is feeling fatigue or lethargic. And when you look at them, they have kind of pale um, complexion and people say that affects their memory. And sometimes you are dizzy when you stand up or you feel lightheaded. And one of the symptoms most of the time people complain is, I'm feeling cold. My feet's always cold. My hands are cold. And uh, some people say, why do I get tingling and numbness in my you know, ha- hands and feet? That's one of the symptoms. People can have shortness of breath. They get fast heartbeat. They say, when I'm walking around, you know, I'm out of breath. I can't breathe properly. Some people get irritable. And then these are kind of common symptoms you come across on a daily basis. Whereas you can have less common symptoms such as headache. And we call, in medical terms, we call it teenagers. Uh, what it is, is hearing, ringing, buzzing, or hissing noise inside your head. So we call it tinnitus. And then some people say food tasting strange. I don't get the same taste for my food. It's, you know, it's, it's a bit weird. Then some people can have itching. I mean, you can have itching with chronic disease because if you have high phosphate, you can have itching. Iron deficiency also can give you that one. Then you can have sore tongue. Mainly female patients, they say, oh, I'm losing a lot of hair. They say, I notice more hair coming out when I'm brushing or washing it. Some people present with achy legs, restless legs, all those things. There's a lot of symptoms there that people have to deal with. Going back to one of them, you mentioned about hands and feet being cold. So why specifically would the hands and feet be cold? If you remember, previously we mentioned about hemoglobin and oxygen carrying capacity. So when your hemoglobin is low, obviously you're anemic, your hemoglobin is low. So because you have less hemoglobin, enough oxygen is not carried around in your body. So mainly your body is focusing on giving oxygen to your vital organs, which is very important. So your extremities, they are left with less oxygen. That's why you're feeling cold. Right. So basically your body prioritizes the most important organs to keep them oxygenated. I'm using big words now. Um, (laughs) So your body is prioritizing the organs to send oxygen to. And so the hands and the feet aren't prioritized, basically. And that's why they don't get as much. And that's why they feel cold. 
Because they are the extremities, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. They're the, away from the, let's the, say they're away from the body. Yeah. So the furthest yeah. away from the heart. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah. Gotcha. That's why. Yeah. So what is the treatment for renal anemia? Treatment of the renal anemia of chronic disease, it requires treating the underlying disorder because anemia is generally mild if we treat it, if you catch it on time. And, you know, we try to avoid blood transfusion and things. That's why we do all this beforehand to avoid all that. So basically, first line of treatment is iron supplementation and then erythropoietin agent. So when we talk about iron supplementation, you can have oral iron tablets and iron in injection form or infusion. We call it intravenous iron infusion. So again, oral tablets, let's say if you have normal kidney function, if someone has bleeding or something, a woman of menstrual age, you can have periods. And when you lose blood, yes, you can have low iron in your body. That can be treated with oral iron tablets. But if your kidney function is going down, what happens is our iron absorption from the gut is really bad. You know, there are reasons why poor absorption and things. So basically, what you have to understand is oral iron tablet is not going to be as effective as like people those have normal kidneys. So the best way to treat it is, again, it depends how severe your anemia is, how low your ferritin levels are. Most of the time, when you are in stage four and stage five, your kidney doctor or your nephrologist, they refer you to the renal anemia specialist nurses, and we give them intravenous IV iron. The reason, and number one, it works quicker. Or, and number two, the people are unable to tolerate oral iron. Uh, the reason could be some people don't like, it, it has a strain, you know, it gives them a weird taste in their mouth or people can have constipation and things like that, or they don't basically tolerate it. So intravenous iron, it works quicker. And it also can kind of delay the treatment of erythropoietin because initial stage when they're referred to us, we always look at their iron levels. If their iron is low, we usually treat them with iron first and see how they respond to it. Most people, they respond to iron infusion. And if they don't respond, to it, if, the, if the hemoglobin is not improving, that's when we start treatment with erythropoietin stimulating agent. So rewinding slightly, so you talked about infusing iron. So how do you do an iron infusion? What happens is when people, let's say I've got a patient referred to us, the renal specialist nurse is saying that patient has symptoms. So we call the patient, we book an appointment, we speak to them over the phone and ask them what are their symptoms. And like I explained before, most of them, they have, you know, at least five or six symptoms. They say, you know, I haven't got any energy. I can't do what things what I used to do. Some of them, they work full-time. Some of them, they have family, small children to run around. So they haven't got energy to do it. So we explain to them that we're going to give them IV iron and we make sure they haven't got any infection before they come in. Because if you have infection, any kind of chronic inflammation of infection, which can be ruled out by checking your blood test called CRP, C-reactive protein, that determines how much inflammation you have in your body. So if your CRP is below 20, we usually book you for IV iron. And we make sure you're not on any antibiotic when we book you for it. And we make sure you, are, you have no, you're COVID-free, you have no other symptoms. Also for women of you know, reproductive age, we make sure they are not pregnant because we don't normally give IV iron in the first trimester of their pregnancy. And then what happens is we book them for iron infusion. So we explain to them what happens is when they come in, because iron is like we are giving a one-off dose, which is going to be a concentrated dose. We calculate the dose according to your body weight. And what we do is this iron will be given through a drip, which takes about 30 minutes. 
Usually, we dilute it in a bag of sodium chloride, like a 250 ml of sodium chloride, and the dose goes in, and we infuse it. The solution is pumped into your body through your vein. So, I mean, we use the smallest cannula possible, which is very small cannula, because we only need to use it for 30 minutes. So what we do is it can be given to, you know, between 20 to 30 minutes. We ask patients to see if they, if they are not sure if they're elderly, things like that. We kind of do it over 30 minutes. Normally, it can be given in 20 minutes time and people tolerate it very well. So what we do is we insert a small cannula at the back of your hand. And, you know, as part of Save Your Vein campaign, we try not to use your elbow crease or anything like that. We always use the back of your hand. We use a small vein. You may feel a slight pinch when it goes in. and during the procedure, you may have a little pre- some pressure at the insertion site, but otherwise, once the cannula is in, we tape it and uh, it's absolutely, nobody complains of any pain and it runs over 20 minutes. Most of the time, people tolerate it really well. After the infusion, we make sure you're fine. So we make you wait for a few minutes to make sure you're fine. We check your blood pressure before and after the infusion to make sure everything is okay before you go home. Normally, it shouldn't be a problem. People can drive home. There is no problem. So you've talked about the iron infusion, but you mentioned that you might need to have erythropoietin or EPO, as we call it for short. So tell me about the EPO treatment. What is it and what does it do? Okay, so erythropoietin, as I mentioned earlier, it's a hormone naturally produced by your kidneys. So this erythropoietin, which stimulates our bone marrow to produce red blood cells. Erythropoietin is a vital hormone that stimulates the bone marrow to create more red blood cells in the body. These red blood cells, they help carry oxygen to other cells and tissues in the body through the bloodstream. In most patients with chronic kidney disease, Erythropoietin stimulating agent or ESA therapy, we call it. ESA therapy is started when the hemoglobin concentration falls either 11 gram or below 11 gram. That's how it works. So, what happens is when a patient is referred to us, first we look at their iron levels. Like I mentioned earlier, we give them iron therapy. We wait for at least four weeks before we see any response to the hemoglobin levels. It takes the body to, to respond at least four weeks before. To produce because it's a long procedure. Bone marrow has to pick up the iron and then it has to convert into red blood cells, then hemoglobin, all those things. So for patients to feel any different, you know, symptoms, sometimes they say, oh, how long it takes for me to, you know, get rid of all these symptoms? It doesn't happen overnight. It takes about at least two weeks before you start seeing any difference to your symptoms. So, okay, after all that, we checked your bloods again after four weeks. Your hemoglobin has not improved. Of course, your iron level will go up because we gave you an infusion. But if it hasn't touched your hemoglobin, that's when we try to start your own erythropoietin. So erythropoietin is just a replacement of our body's erythropoietin hormone. So it comes like a a pre-filled syringe. We arrange this injection for patients. The difference is iron infusion will be administered in a hospital setting, whereas ESA injection, if if you're on hemodialysis, yes, the, the center will manage your iron and EPO. They will give those through your machine into your body. That's fine. Whereas if you are from low clearance clinic or from the community, or if you are a peritoneal dialysis patient, we have to monitor renal anemia team. We monitor your bloods regularly and we arrange people for you. You have to self-administrate at home. So for you to do that, we have to train you how to do it. So what we do is once we start your erythropoietin injection, we call you over the phone. We give you all the advice you need, what it is, how it works, 
what do you have to be careful of? Let's say how, it's very important to monitor your blood pressure when you're on EPO because one of the side effects of EPO is high blood pressure. So we make sure you have a blood pressure monitoring machine at home and you are ready to monitor your blood pressure regularly before you administer the injection. Another commitment from patient side is that you have to monitor your bloods. So when we book you for blood test, every four weeks, patients should be willing to come to the center to do their blood test. It's very important when you are on erythropoietin injection, we check your bloods regularly and every four to six weeks, initially every four weeks until your hemoglobin is established. Once you're stable, we still have to, we can't just let go because like I said, our target is to maintain your hemoglobin between 100 to 120, 100 gram to 120 gram. If it's below, we need to adjust your EPO dose. If it goes above, we need to stop, either stop the EPO or we need to adjust the dose. So that's why it's very important we monitor your bloods regularly. When it comes to EPO, we ask patients, so we have, in our hospital, we have facility to do ESA education. So we book um, so many patients each week and we advise patients to come to the center. We give them face-to-face ESA education where we explain to patients what is renal anemia, what I explained before, you know, how, what's the connection between EPO, bone marrow, red blood cells, hemoglobin, all sorts of things. Basically, to, to give them an you know, idea why it's important to have this injection and they should stick to their regime. So all those things are explained and we show them the technique how to administer this EPO at home. And once we give them and teach them, I mean, it can be the patient or if patient is not sure how to do it, family members can involve. If family members are not there, if patient leaves alone, if pay, or another thing is if somebody who is, let's say, elderly patient, somebody who has poor dexterity for, for whatever reason, or those who are, you know, any dementia or any other reasons where they can't do it themselves, we refer them to the district nurse team. So the district nurse team can check their blood pressure beforehand and then administer this injection for them. In case if patients cannot manage to come to hospital again for, you know, due to mobility reasons or conservative management patients where they don't have to be in hospital regularly, such patients, we have to arrange a blood test through their GP surgery. So what happens if you don't correct the hemoglobin and you don't have the iron infusion or EPO injections? As we mentioned earlier about how it's important to treat anemia, iron deficiency anemia or, you know, chronic kidney disease anemia, renal anemia. If we don't, we already mentioned about all the symptoms, what you could get with iron deficiency anemia or renal anemia. So if you don't treat this on time, you will have all these symptoms, meaning you can't have a you know kind of normal life because your anemia is bad. You're kind of constantly tired. You haven't got any energy. All those symptoms I mentioned will happen to you. And then again, like I said, because you have low hemoglobin, your body isn't getting enough oxygen. That means your cells are, you know, starving of oxygen and then it can starve you of, you know, oxygen and mainly your vital organs like your heart, your lungs will be affected. So what will happen is this can lead to heart failure because what happens is your body is trying to constantly, you know, body wants oxygen to do your daily activities and it's not there. So what happens is you may develop tachycardia because see, you haven't got enough oxygen. You're trying to walk around or do something. And your heart is beating fast because your heart is trying to supply oxygen to all your body organs. So it's trying to beat faster. And what will happen when your heart is pumping all the time, constantly, it can go into heart failure. And because the heart is failing, because the heart is continuously trying to pump blood to everywhere, every part of your body, 
when it can't do that one, and when you say a heart is pumping, it has to do it at the right pressure, isn't it? So when it can't reach the right pressure, it will go gradually into heart failure. So you're actually, by ignoring your anemia, not treating it on time, you're inviting more complications. And that is incredibly serious. I mean, I don't think people realize how serious the implications are if you don't have this treatment. Wow, that's really quite shocking and really goes to show how important it is that if you are iron deficient, if you do have an issue with anemia and your hemoglobin, you really do need to have that treatment because, wow, if it's going to have that massive impact on your heart and it could shorten your life, then we're talking life and death here. So, wow. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Dia. What you said is right, because if you ignore the anemia and if you don't, what will happen? You will end up in hospital, which you can avoid if we treat it on time. That means you will end up in hospital and our hospitals are already struggling with the you know, inpatient admission and everything. We can avoid that if we catch it on time and you will be very ill. And if your hemoglobin is below 70, what will happen is because you could go into heart failure or cardiac arrest or what have you. So doctors will end up giving you blood transfusion, which most of the time in renal anemia, that can be avoided if we treat it on time. And if you are a patient who is in the transplant waiting list, blood transfusion is not a good idea because blood transfusion, when you talk about blood transfusion, you are getting this blood from somebody else your body will develop antibody and that can reject your kidney when you get another kidney from somebody else. So overall, it is better to avoid blood transfusion and that, you know, that emergency care in patient hospital admission, etc. That's a really important point. And it reminds me actually of an interview that I did on the podcast here with Monica, who she had a living donor and basically had a blood transfusion. And because of that blood transfusion, she was no longer compatible with the living donor. And so it delayed her transplantation. So we've had an example of that in terms of interviews on this podcast. So even more so for somebody who is on the waiting list for a kidney, making sure that you're on top of your iron, your hemoglobin, your EPO. And having said that, when somebody is doing well. So you've been taking your tablets or you've been taking your injections. Is it a case of once everything's fine, they stop? Or is this something that they have to continue taking? It is unfortunately with chronic kidney disease, it is a long-term treatment. Unless your kidney is recovering, your options are transplant. Yes. If you get a transplant, of course, you're getting a new kidney and your kidney function is going up. It's fine. Some people still, though, I've seen we look after post-transplant patients as well. For some people, you know, delayed graft function, we call it when your kidney is not, you know, going to function straight away after transplant. You may need iron infusion or, you know, a low dose of EPO and things until your kidney function pick up. But yeah, after some time, we can stop it. Or some people straight away, kidney function is good. You don't need it. But otherwise, it's going to be a long-term treatment, I'm afraid. So yeah, if your doctor has prescribed you to take iron tablets, or iron infusion. Of course, we renal anemia nurses are there to do our job. We monitor your bloods regularly. Whenever your iron levels drop, it doesn't have to be, you know, every two months or three months. It depends on every person. It all depends on your kidney function, you know, how compliant you are with your treatment and everything. So I have seen patients coming to the clinic with, you know, dropping kidney function. Some of them, they only need a one iron infusion, say, let's say every two years. Some of them, they come back every year. 
Some people, they need it every three months or so. The reason is, let's say, like I mentioned before, somebody who is having heavy periods or somebody who has, you know, stomach ulcers or something like that, those people, because they are losing blood constantly, they will end up having regular IV ions. But otherwise, IV iron is not something, you know, fixed. You don't have to have it every now and then. It depends on your blood results. But erythropoietin, once we start you on, yes, of course, we monitor on a regular basis and we adjust your dose according to your hemoglobin levels. And it's very important you stick to the regime. You don't just skip it. You have to make sure you take it on a regular basis according to your prescription. So on the other extreme of that, what happens if you take too much iron tablets or too much EPO injections? Because I'm sure some people will be like, if I get benefits from taking two tablets, then if I take four tablets, then I'm going to feel even better or the same thing with the EPO injection. So if you were to take too much of the treatment, what happens then? With EPO, let's say we have like a guideline to follow. We look at the hemoglobin level, we look at patient's body weight, we calculate it according to your body weight, and we decide what dose you should be on when we start your treatment. And then after four weeks, we check your hemoglobin levels, we look at the increase in your hemoglobin. So in our trust, what we do is, if you have a hemoglobin of, let's say, one gram improvement in four weeks' time, or more than one gram improvement in four weeks' time, we tend to reduce your EPO by 25%. Whereas if your hemoglobin is not improving within four weeks' time, when you check the hemoglobin, we tend to increase it by 25%. That's how we do it. So we have like a guideline to follow. So, okay, this is how we do it. Or some people, we see a sudden jump in hemoglobin. Let's say, for example, somebody had a hemoglobin of 9 gram when we started, and all of a sudden after a month, the hemoglobin's gone to 12. So if it's above 12, we call it hemoglobin overshoot. For in a normal person, yes, you can have hemoglobin above 120, 140, 160. That's normal for you. But when you're on erythropoietin stimulating agents, we don't want your hemoglobin to be high because we are inviting unnecessary side effects. So what happens is when you have a sudden rise in your hemoglobin levels, your blood gets thicker and it will raise your blood pressure. If you remember, previously I mentioned one of the side effects of EPO is high blood pressure. And most of our patients with chronic kidney disease, they suffer high blood pressure anyway, and they are on blood pressure medication. So we have to be really cautious when we start them on erythropoietin medication. So that's why we say it's important you monitor it at home. So when they have a hemoglobin above 12, we have to either stop the medication altogether or we have to reduce the dose and we have to monitor their bloods very closely because we don't want it to go too high. Okay, like I mentioned, when your blood is too thick, number one, you can get raised blood pressure, hypertension. Number two, your blood is too thick. What happens? Clots, chances of clot. You can get DVT, that's on your lower legs. You can get clots in your lungs. We call it pulmonary embolism. And then you can get a heart attack. Of course, if clots move in your heart, you know what happens. You can get a heart attack. So all those cardiovascular complications can happen. Sorry, when you say cardiovascular, Cardio is the heart, vascular is all your vessels and your, you know, uh, blood clots traveling into your vessels and things can happen. So it is very, very important. You stick to the regime. You follow our instructions. We monitor your bloods regularly. And we, like I said, we have to make sure your hemoglobin is not too low or too high. So it's all about balance. Yes, it's, it's right. not a case of, oh, I get this benefit from 
X amount of tablets or I'll take more. Don't take more. Take what you're prescribed because quite clearly it's very dangerous for it to be too low or for it to be too high. too high. And it definitely isn't worth the risk of taking too much and getting DVT, deep vein thrombosis or heart attack or any of those things. So be very careful. Make sure That's you take right. the treatment as prescribed. That's very right, yeah. So in summary, we've talked about what anemia is and what hemoglobin is. We've talked about the treatments and the benefits of the treatment. And we've talked about what happens if you don't treat, what happens if you overtreat. So what happens if you get a bit excited and you think, oh, if I feel this good taking two tablets, I'll take more. Yep, don't do that. We've learned how dangerous it is if you don't treat and if you overtreat. We've looked at the long-term treatment and monitoring, and we've looked at the safety aspect of making sure that if you're on EPO, you're checking your blood pressure and making sure you do that throughout the treatment. So I'm going to leave the final word with you, Sini. What final word would you like to leave with the listeners? I hope you understood what I've explained about renal anemia. At least you know what's renal anemia. We renal anemia specialists, our role, and we exist and what we do. So basically, when you're referred by your doctor, when your doctor says you have anemia, we need to deal with it. Yes, please cooperate with us and we will manage your anemia properly as long as you are happy to you know, follow the instruction and you'll be fine. If we treat your symptoms, half of your problem is solved. So yes, please listen to this podcast and uh, just try to understand what's real anemia and uh, you know how we deal with it. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for sharing this really, really important information. I know that this will definitely help so many people. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much, Dee. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening to Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. And don't forget that you can contact me on social media using the handle Diary of a Kidney Warrior. Please do subscribe to the podcast and please do tell a friend. New episodes of this podcast are released every other Monday. Until next time, take care and choose to live. Diary of a Kidney Warrior, sharing faith, knowledge, hope, and love.